welcome back. You're listening to the Emmaus Podcast, a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Today's episode was given by staff member Ray Guerra, and he speaks from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23, encouraging us that Paul's prayer and desires for the Ephesian church should be our desires for our own Christian lives. Good morning. I'd like to start um, with a story. There was a helicopter pilot named uh, Pilot McConnell, and he and the rest of his air station crew delivered in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. His crew was told to keep five helicopters airborne on missions around the clock to airlift stranded people from their rooftops. That's how uh, devastating the storm was. People were living, trying to survive on their rooftops and deliver them to the Superdome in New Orleans. But when but they were only able to relatively save a few survivors. On the first three missions, this pilot says, they were able to save 89 people, three dogs and a cat. McConnell then continues to say that on the fourth mission, uh, they were able to save no one, but not because they didn't attempt to do so. There were dozens of people they tried to rescue, but they refused to be rescued. Some people told us, says McConnell, to simply bring them food and water. And he would respond, you're living in unhealthy conditions and the water will stay high for a long time. You're going to be stuck up here for a long time. They still refused to get help. They did not know how desperate their situation was when they refused their help. These people in Hurricane Katrina that refused help did not know, did not understand how desperate their situation was. If you call yourself a believer, you went through a similar process where you understood uh, the need for a savior. You were desperate. You were on a path of destruction. And when you realized that, uh, you had to ask, who is there to save me? And the gospel is the good news that brings us hope that if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, he has transferred you from the dominion of darkness and transferred you. He's taking you from the dominion of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of his beloved son. But that's not the only time we need to realize um, our situation and our reliance on the Lord. We need to do so continually. And I hope and pray and have been praying that the chapel program would be a reminder to you of our desperate need of our Savior daily, not only for salvation, yes, for salvation, but daily. Looking at this passage in Ephesians, Paul is in prison, and he's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he does not ask for prayer. Instead, he prays for them. He says in verse 15, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all the saints. If you look at your Bible, if you have the ESV Bible, uh, you'll see a footnote for the word love. Your footnote may say something like, some manuscripts omit uh, love. So, Some commentators say that some of the earlier manuscripts don't include the word love, and it was likely added um, in this passage later. Either way, let's look at both. If if the word love was included when Paul wrote, love to all the saints, uh, that's the way Christians should be, right? We should be loving God's people. But it is interesting to consider for a moment if the word love wasn't 
uh, Paul's original writing. If it read more like this, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus toward all the saints. Because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus toward all, your faith, all of the saints. Uh, how do you show your faith or how do you uh, demonstrate faith toward other people? Is that possible to demonstrate faith toward other people? Is it possible to demonstrate your faith toward other people? Some practical things of demonstrating your faith. Um, there's things that come easy for those of us who are at Emmaus, right? We call it the Emmaus bubble. I don't like that phrase, but you use it, so I'll use it. Um, there are things that come easy. For instance, very practical, very simple, uh, praying before a meal, right? You sit at a table and you welcome somebody at the table and you often, you know, stop talking so that they would pray for their meal. Or if you've been talking so much and you notice they haven't eaten anything, you'll say something like, I'm going to shut up and let you pray so that you can eat. Uh, it's just normal around here. But what does it look like uh, when you go back home? and you're visiting with a friend from high school who isn't a believer, and you go out to eat at McDonald's, uh, do you pray before that meal? Um, what, is, what does it look like to show your faith to other people? Paul here is commending the Church of Ephesians to say, your faith is, demonst- is being demonstrated. You're working out your salvation, and he's commending them for it. And that's what prompts him to pray for them. That's why he says in verse 16, in light of this truth, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And then he has this prayer for enlightenment. He prays that they would be enlightened. There are a couple of things to notice here. First, we realize where enlightenment comes from. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. It says in verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and knowledge of him. We have to receive wisdom. We don't have it. We need to ask. That's where our reliance comes from. We need to rely on the Lord for wisdom to know how to live in a, way, in a manner that is worthy of the gospel and that pleases our King. So enlightenment comes from God, from the Holy Spirit, and it comes to the heart of the believer. Verse 18, having the eyes of your heart Enlightened. It's a unique phrase, right? The heart. What does it mean by the heart? Some people attribute the heart to the emotions. I think in the New Testament, it's often attributed to the inner man, uh, the soul, the thought process, the things you don't see. And he prays, I pray that those eyes would be enlightened, that you would see the world through the lens of Scripture, that you would see the world different, that people would know that you have been transformed. So this enlightenment comes from God, and it comes to the heart of the believer. And then it says, enlightened to what? What are we being enlightened to? Well, verse 17 tells us again that we would know God. Verse 18 tells us two more things that he prays for that we would be enlightened towards, that we would know our calling, that we would know God's riches. And then the last bit is that we, that we would know God's power, that we would know God we would know his calling, his riches towards us. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And that we would know his power in verse 19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? And then he goes on and he gives an example of his power in raising Jesus from the dead, that he was resurrected 
that he has been seated in the right hand of the heavenly places far above rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all the things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul is writing to uh, the believers of Ephesians. And he's not praying for their salvation. He's praying that they would work out their salvation, that their eyes would be enlightened, and that we would not be like those people who, de- who denied being rescued during Hurricane Katrina, who did not understand the desperation of their situation, uh, that we would not be cold-hearted that way, but that we would come to the gospel regularly and understand that we need to rely on the Lord. So let us pray together with the words of Paul in, in Ephesians. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we do thank you for the hope that we have in you. We thank you that you have rescued us, that, that the Holy Spirit at some point convicted us of the desperate situation and circumstance we were in, and that by placing our hope in you, you have saved us. And Lord, we, uh, we echo Paul's prayer, and we pray that for ourselves, that we would um, know you and know you intimately, Lord, not only with Bible knowledge, but with wisdom as we work out our salvation, that the people around us would see the transformation that you have done in our lives, that we would not be ashamed of our identity in you. I pray that you would give these students a spirit of wisdom that comes from you, that it would enlighten and open the eyes of their hearts to know the hope to which you have called them, that they would be reminded uh, in their classes, in conversations, through this chapel program of the riches of the glory and inheritance we have as your saints and your sons and daughters, and that we would be reminded of the immeasurable greatness of your power toward us who believe as we think of Christ bearing the sin and the punishment that we deserved and being raised again, being seated in the he- at the right hand in the heavenly places. Help us, Lord, to be reminded of our circumstance and, and that we would rely on you and understand our need for you daily. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you were encouraged by the message. If you have a question or would like to talk to someone about the message, feel free to contact us at podcast at Emmaus.edu. If today's message encouraged you, please subscribe to the channel or tell someone about the message. This production is a ministry of Emmaus Bible College, and for more information about the college, you can visit us on the web at Emmaus.edu. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.